Well, a warm, warm summer greeting to all of you, and uh, thanks so much, choir. It uh, is sweet, and it's wonderful to trust and to walk with Jesus. And it's sweet to see Him at work all over this church body, all throughout our church family, in ministries all over the church. There's lots of good things that are going on in our short-term missions program as well this summer. Uh, you've probably heard some of that. We've had teams coming and going all summer uh, with just some thrilling results to report. I, I hope you have opportunities to hear some of the things God's done. The Coal Valley project to Metro Manila in the Philippines has gone and come back as well as the Guatemala and the Papua New Guinea projects. The China team is still out on the field. They return Thursday evening. Uh, by the way, details are in the bulletin if you want to go out to the airport and, and greet them when they arrive. Jackson and Jeannie Kramer are in Indonesia right now. They are uh, with their family but there, but they are leading a marriage retreat along with the Armstrongs this weekend. Um, there's a number of others from Cole who are on mission projects right now. I probably don't know of everybody, but the ones I know of, Marty Murphy is in Mozambique. The Bolin family is in Mexico City. Lori uh, Apel and the DeBleek family headed off yesterday to Kenya. And Laramie and Christina Holtman fly off this week to Nicaragua. So there's just, just lots of good things God is doing. I, I just love this time of year. Uh, it's wonderful to see how God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary ministry as he empowers them. And to see how they grow in faith as they're stretched, as they come back through the whole process. And something else that's happening that's a rare and a very special event, as you may have heard, um, today we're going to be commissioning Jared and Daniela Kenning for long-term missionary service in the Czech Republic. But before we get to that, um, I'd like to take a few minutes to share with you some thoughts about God's calling to missions and our response to his calling right here at Cole. Specifically, we're going to take a look at what it means to partner with God's people in pursuing the Great Commission. You know, God has called us to work together as partners with Him and in unity with one another and that in Christ to accomplish His work. Partnership in the Gospel is a huge theme. We're just going to scratch the surface a little bit today in one particular aspect as we move toward the climax of commissioning the Kennings at the end of the service. But before we go any further, let's, uh, let's commit our time to the Lord. Will you... Pray with me. Let's, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this special time together to gather as your people, to worship you, to commission and send off the kinnings as you've, as you've called them. But also, Lord, for the opportunity to look into your word, to let it instruct us, to be reminded of our calling and what it means for us to work together in your harvest field. So, Heavenly Father, please open our minds and our hearts to your truth, to what you have for each of us today. In the loving and all-powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Before we get to our theme of partnership and missions, I do want to just briefly comment on some fundamental truth that undergirds our commitment to world missions here at Cole. You know, missions is so countercultural in our tolerant, everyone do your own thing American society that it's easy to become so influenced by the prevailing worldview around us 
that tends to shut us down. We tend to wonder, well, is it really such a good thing that we're taking the gospel out to the world? But we always need to come back to what God has to say, don't we? We align our compass by God's word and not by man's. So, at the very beginning, let me just uh, remind you of what Jesus said. Jesus, speaking to his disciples, said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Jesus is our Savior and he's the only Savior God has given to the world. That's foundational. And so the life-giving news of salvation in Christ is a message the whole world urgently needs to hear. And how shall they hear? Jesus gives us the answer in the Great Commission. That set of instructions that he gave to the church for what he wants us to be doing until he returns. If you have a Bible, turn with me. We're going to look briefly at Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. The passage gives us an overview of God's plan for his church. Let's, let's read what he has to say to us. Jesus told the disciples back then words that are equally applicable to us today. He said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Well, there's just four points I want to highlight for you out of uh, the Great Commission. First, Jesus is the supreme authority. He is our Savior. He is our Shepherd. And He is our friend. And I praise God for that. But He's also our Captain with the authority to direct the lives of His people. Secondly, Jesus has given us a task to fulfill, which is to actively go to the nations, to all the nations in the world. Thirdly, we're to make disciples of the nations, which in part means baptizing them, which is basically talking about evangelism. We're to bring Christ to the nations. So part of what we're to fulfill, as what Jesus is calling us to, is to proclaim the gospel of salvation in Christ throughout the world. And then fourthly, the other part of our calling, as Jesus articulated it in the Great Commission, is to disciple those new believers, to enfold them into our church family and teach them, disciple them, raise them up towards maturity in Christ. You know, something I think we often miss is the fact that the Great Commission isn't just about evangelism. It absolutely calls us to take the gospel to the nations. But it also calls us to enfold the new believers into our church family and to teach and disciple them towards spiritual maturity. And what this means is that God is going to call some of you to be actively involved in ministry, reaching out to those who don't yet know the Lord, whether here in the Treasure Valley or to the ends of the earth, places far away like the Czech Republic. And he'll call others of you to minister right here in the church, in children's ministry, in youth, in greeting, ushering, or in any number of other ministries that collectively help us to grow spiritually. One other fundamental truth follows directly from this last one, and it leads to today's theme of partnering. It's this. The calling Jesus has given us to go to the world and to build up the local uh, local body here at Cole 
is not something that we do on our own. It requires the combined effort of the entire church family working together. I want to share one more verse with you that brings out this point pretty clearly. The verse is Philippians 1.27. It's the Apostle Paul's work to the Philippian church. He told them, Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. So Paul, in addressing the Philippian church, encourages them to stand firm in one spirit and to strive together for the faith of the gospel. This word Paul uses here, which is translated in English as striving together or contending as one man, I think it says in the NIV, has a rich meaning in Greek that we lose in English. That word in Greek is soon athleo. It's a compound word where soon means together and athleo means to contend, to wrestle, in the sense of an athletic competition. The word soon athleo. And what I think Paul is saying is that we're to wrestle or strive together, giving it all we've got, like athletes working together as a team to win the prize against all competition. Let me paint a picture for you to illustrate what this might look like. You know, I'm, I'm a runner. And I just love to run longer distance races. You know, there's some of you who've told me it's an illness. I'll probably recover eventually, but I haven't so far. I still love it. Um, and I know there's a few others of you out there who have that same bug. I see one of them right there. And there's, there's a number of you. Uh, anyway, I've competed in I don't know how many races ranging from 10 kilometers up to full marathons. This uh, photo right here is from the uh, Pacific Crest Marathon in Sun River, Oregon, three weeks ago. Well, typically, running is a solitary sport, but my favorite race by far of all time was when I was invited to participate in the Sawtooth Relay two years ago. Um, The Sawtooth Relay is a 62-mile-long relay race. It begins in Stanley, and you go up the, up the highway all the way up the, the Sawtooth Valley to the top of Galena Summit, down the other side of the pass, down through the Wood River Valley all the way to Ketchum. You run it as a six-member six team. So here's what the race looks like. Let me kind of paint a picture for you. When it's your turn to run, you place yourself at the, at the uh, transition point, and you wait for your teammate who's coming down the highway to come to you. You take the handoff from him and then you take off running down the highway and you give it all you've got because you're running for the team. And before long, your lungs are starting to ache. Your legs are telling you you're not going to keep this up. All you want to do at that point is is think about the next best place to quit. But you don't because you're running as a team. You keep on going and you give it all you've got for the sake of your team. And you even as you go along, you start picking up the pace. Somehow you find something else and you keep, keep given a little bit more because you're running for your team. And several miles on down the road, when you know you're not going to be able to keep this pace up much longer, you round a bend and there maybe a half, uh, half mile beyond you is the tra- next transition point. And because your teammates are there cheering you on, somehow you find another gear and you put it in the gear, you go a little faster and by the time you're maybe 100 yards out, you're in a full sprint. You're about to die. Your legs are about to collapse. Your lungs are bursting. 
but you give it everything you have and more than you thought you had in you. And you hand off the team wristband to your teammate with a gasping word of encouragement and then he takes off. See all the fun you've been missing? (laughs) I'm going to take sign-ups out in the lobby after the service. Anyway, anyway, after catching your breath a little bit, you don't go and lie down in the grass because this isn't about you. It's about your team. So you and your other teammates jump in the van You head down the highway to about a mile beyond your runner. He's out there all by himself. You need to to cover him. You need to carry him along. And so you spread out along the shoulder of the highway and you wait for him to come in view. And when he catches up with you, you cheer him on. You encourage him with words like, you're looking strong. You can do it. You're looking good. Hey, are you thirsty? Here's a water bottle. And you do everything you can to encourage your running, your, your, your teammate, because you're running as a team. You're striving together to reach the goal. And I think that's what Paul's talking about in Philippians 1.27. He uses the word soon athleo, this striving together to get across the point that we as the body of Christ are to run as a team, striving together in partnership with one another to build up faith in Christ in the world against all spiritual opposition that stands in the way of the faith of the gospel. Christ's work is not going to be accomplished by Lone Ranger Christians off doing their own thing. Our work is to be a striving together, a multi-dimension partnership of God's diversely gifted people working together in many ways at many levels, both within the local church and on the mission field, encouraging and spurring one another on to the goal. And that means we all have a role to play, every one of us. It means we give it all we got when we're running. And it means we encourage our fellow teammates in every way we can when they're running. We don't criticize, we build them up. But it also means we never run our teammates' race for them, even if we think we could do it better or faster than they could. All these points apply in in maybe a bazillion different ways in our Christian life. And to every ministry in the church, I'm going to apply them to our missions ministry today and I'm going to focus on just this last point. Specifically, how we work as a team in partnership with church and mission leaders around the world, wherever we send our co-missionaries. I need to address a common misperception before we get there. And that is, you know, we still often tend to think of America as being largely a Christian nation and Europe a bit uh, less so. And then with places like Asia and Africa and Latin America being largely unreached with the gospel. But the world has changed. There's been tremendous explosive growth of the gospel over the uh, past several decades. The evangelical church is exploding. Today, 80% of all evangelical believers in the world now live in the developing or majority world. 80%. Hallelujah. The world is changing. And because of that reality, almost everywhere we send missionaries, there's already a strong, growing national church with strong, capable leaders. So the role our missionaries need to take on is changing as well. In most cases, it's become that of partnering together with the national churches and the mission leaders there. I want to share a couple of illustrations of what this looks like in practice for us. I'm going to start with Nicholas and Danelle Ivans. There's their family. 
Nicholas now works as a coal field staff with Mission Aviation Fellowship in their new headquarters in Nampa. Nicholas is working there with a, a team to provide training materials to equip pastors and other church leaders in remote areas all over the world. You know, the vast majority of pastors in the world today have little or no pastoral training whatsoever. So for Nicholas and Danell, running as a team means training national church and mission leaders so they're better equipped to reach their own people group with the gospel. It means Nicholas doesn't go in and take over leadership of their churches. He stays in the background. He helps the leaders become better equipped at leading their own churches. As a second example, consider our work with the Sanyo people in Papua New Guinea. You know, we've sent teams to work with Ron and Sandy Lewis in Papua New Guinea many times over the years. In the process, our, our coal team members have established a relationship of friendship and trust with the Sanyo church leaders. We just sent a small team there this summer, which was made up of Ron Lewis, Odo Siahaya, and a couple of other Wycliffe missionaries. They flew by mission aircraft into the remote Sanyo tribal town of Mapasi, way out in the middle of the jungle, very remote location. The goal of the project was to conduct a discipleship training course for 45 members of their young but growing Sanyo church. Odo tells me the project went just really, really well. And, and by the way, Ron and Odo are going to be here to, to share more about that project on the evening of July 29th. So by all means, come in here. They have some, some great things to share. But before they left the village, one of the church leaders hand-wrote a letter to our church and gave it to Odo to bring back. His name is Hosiah, and he and his family are right here on the, on the screen. That's, that's Hosiah, his wife, and, and kids. Um, I want to share a couple sentences from the letter they wrote. And, and by the way, we posted the entire letter on the bulletin board at the, the rear of the auditorium. And we have a few copies on the table. I hope there's still a few out there for you to take with you if you'd like. I'm just going to read a couple excerpts out of Hosiah's letter. It's from the Evangelical Church of Mapasi. Hosiah writes, Dear brother, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ at Cole Community Church, the Evangelical Church of Mopasi, along with its committee, would like very much to express our thanks and appreciation to your church. He goes on to give us some specifics. I'm not going to bother reading that. And he ends up with three requests for us. One, we would like for your church to continue sending short-term missionaries to visit for a short period of time, such as doctors, nurses, construction workers, electricians, plumbers, etc., Secondly, we would also like to build and maintain the relationship we have with your church. Thirdly, I'll just paraphrase this, he asks that we pray for their church and its work among the Sanyo people. He lists several prayer points here. And he ends the letter by saying, We, the people of the Evangelical Church of Mopasi, want you to know that we are continually praying for you all and for Sandy and Ron Lewis. Finally, we love you all and pray that our good Heavenly Father will bless you for your contribution of help for the Evangelical Church of Mopasi. May God bless and keep you all. Hosea Smario, Evangelical Church of Mopasi. Uh, they also sent a letter to the, to the Coal Valley school leadership inviting partnership at the school-to-school -school level. 
Did you know that there's a small church out there in the remote jungles of Papua New Guinea that considers itself to be in ministry partnership with our church? They're praying for us. They're asking that we do the same for them. And they're asking that we continue in this partnership, this striving together for the faith of the gospel that we've been, that we've been doing with them for many years. Isn't that thrilling to hear? You may remember a few months ago we shared that the uh, Dingkong's Church in Metro Manila in the Philippines, Lord of the Harvest Community Church, they consider themselves to be a, a younger sister church of Coles as well. They're in partnership with us as well. I love this wonderful partnership that's developing all over the world between our church and others. We're striving together for the gospel as an international family. Running the race together means establishing ongoing, long-term relationships with churches around the world that we're in ministry partnership with. I'm going to share just one more, one more example, Guatemala. You know, every year we send a short-term team to Guatemala where the team works side-by-side side with Guatemalan believers. They work together in constructing a new church and running a VBS program together. But we depend totally on the Guatemalan evangelical leadership in Guatemala City to direct our team to where we're going to go and where we're, what we're going to do when we're there. Running as a team in Guatemala means we follow the vision and the strategy of the Guatemalan church leaders, not our own. And everything we do is done hand in hand with Guatemalan believers, letting them take the lead. Well, the Guatemala team just returned a week ago and we've invited Harold Mills to come and share briefly about the project this year. Uh, Harold and his wife Sue served as team leaders for us this year. So Harold, please uh, come and share with us about this year's project. Thanks, Brian. Bienvenidos. Yo quiero darles gracias y saludos a la Iglesia de la Viña en zona 18 de Guatemala. Quiero decirles que no somos norteamericanos y centroamericanos, pero solamente somos cristianos. I bring you greetings from the Church of the Vine in zone 18 of Guatemala City. And they'd like to tell you that we're not North Americans and Central Americans, we're just Christians. And I want to tell you a little bit, it's difficult to say with words, but I want to try to describe a little bit of what goes on down there. One of the things that you'll find is that working side by side, you immediately develop friendships. And this is very much like the bicycle race. As you're moving buckets of concrete from person to person, you're getting concrete all over you. There's no way that you have to worry about how you look because everybody looks crazy. The other thing you don't do is you don't drop the bucket. You make sure that you pass that bucket, even if it really hurts. And by working beside these people, tying rebar and building forms, going up and putting your arm around them and saying, hermano, hermana, all the time, asking questions, you learn a lot about these people. You get a common sense of accomplishment. Also, when you're playing with them, you play side by side, soccer, jump rope. Sometimes it's just holding the kids in your arms, having them sit on your lap, looking at them, looking at your photos, thinking how excited they are to be next to you in a picture. Working with them in VBS crafts, making bears, hats, crosses, working side by side, not just with the kids, but maybe with even their parents. 
The numbers would increase. We started off with about 50. We ended up with 116 the last day. They bring their friends. They bring their parents. God gave us a special blessing. He allowed these children to be on vacation from school the week that we were there so that they could attend the vacation Bible school. Christian opportunities where you have services and you just sit there and you pray and you sing together in common languages. Sometimes you sing in different languages, but you know what the sense of the heart is in either case. The first service, we had a hug line. Everybody on our team, all 23 people, stood up in front, and every single person who was there came up and gave us a hug. It was a little bit stiff at first, but we got together and we learned to say, Gloria a Dios, Aleluya, in the middle of a prayer. One of the opportunities we had was a meal with a family. This is where two or three people from our team would go to a house of one of the locals. And they would prepare a meal for us. And this was a significant sacrifice because that meal might be their only rooster or it might be something that they were going to eat the next couple days and they provided it to us. And each of those families gave us a gift that definitely cost them one or two days' salary. This is a pretty significant thing. God really is touching our hearts and their hearts at the same time. Relationships are developed quickly Cultural barriers seem to be removed. We get lots of contact every day. God uses different means for different people to bring them around. Some were affected by VBS, some by the working, some by the church services. But you get to see the relationships form because we've got a common bond of a common Lord. In the last service we had there, we had another hug line, but this one was very different because now we develop relationships with these people and there were lots of tears and lots of emotions and lots of goodbyes. And we know that we're going to see one another at Christ's feet, but we may not see each other before then. Our hosts from Guatemala said this is one of the most emotional services she'd ever seen because both the Guatemalans and the U.S. people were affected. We had 40 minutes after the service of tears and hugs. And all of this relationship building and partnership would not have been possible without the partnership from all of you folks here as well. Your prayer support, your financial support, and your hugs for us too. And so I just want to say thank you for our entire team to you guys. Thank you so much, Harold. And by the way, um, the Guatemala team is going to be uh, sharing on the evening of July 29th as well. So by all means, come if you if you possibly can, and uh, and be a part of that. Let me uh, let me briefly mention another dimension to our partnership: this race that we're running together for Jesus. Partnership in missions is not just for those who go out as missionaries. It's a call on the entire church body. We're all in this race together. For each individual or family that goes on a short-term mission or that serves long-term long overseas, there are many others needed to stay behind and support them. Every one of us here has a role to play, whether to pray for them, to encourage them with emails or maybe birthday cards, to support them financially, or perhaps to go yourself. Jesus has called the entire church family 
to work together, to strive together, to run the race together until all nations, tribes, and tongues have heard the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. So in closing, let me invite those of you who have not yet joined the effort to get involved. We need your help. Volunteers are needed in virtually every ministry in this church, including in missions. We have a number of volunteer positions that have been empty for several years. There's a lot more we could do with more volunteers. The same is true of all the other ministries at Cole, both to serve behind the scenes as well as to go. The call of the Great Commission to proclaim the gospel and to build up our body toward the image of Christ is a call on the entire church family. God has equipped each of you for a role in this great race that we're running together. So let's run the race together, giving it all we've got for the faith of the gospel. Amen? Well, now we're moving to that point I promised uh, to where we're going to be commissioning Jared and Daniela Kenning for missionary service. Um, As uh, we mentioned before, the Kennings are going to be serving long-term in the Czech Republic with the mission organization Operation Mobilization, or OM for short. OM is active in ministry all over the world and they have a strong presence in Europe. They're committed to partnering closely with sending churches. And so they've sent one of their leaders to come and and join us this morning. His name is Mick McDaniel. And uh, Mick, come on up and and join me here on the platform. Uh, Mick, uh, I've I've gotten to know over the last several years. He's been to Boise several times. I I really uh, have come to appreciate him, your your heart for missions, your heart for God and for his people and, and the commitment that you've expressed for partnering together uh, with, for the gospel. Mick's the regional representative for Operation Mobilization. He lives in the Seattle area and uh, travels all over the Northwest encouraging churches and individuals in mission service. He served with OM for 14 years, starting his 15th year now. Um, and uh, very relevant here to today, he spent seven of those years serving in the Czech Republic himself with his family Uh, So, Mick, please uh, share with us a little bit about OM. Thank you very much, Pastor Brian. Um, I'm very, very excited about being here at Cole Community today to um, be a part of uh, the Kennings Commissioning Service. And I'm also very excited about the, um, the partnership that is developing between Cole Community and Operation Mobilization. Uh, OM sees the local church as God's instrument for evangelism and church planning. And our actual role is that of networking and facilitating the vision of the local church. And we have the advantage of being in uh, over 110 different countries, and we're working with churches in those countries and then churches back here in the United States. So we're in a very good position to be able to network and help facilitate your goals, dreams, and visions for missions. Uh, In 2005, uh, a church in Atlanta contacted OMUSA and said that they had a desire uh, to be more actively involved in Russia. And they asked our organization if we would help find a church somewhere in Russia that uh, they could work with. And so we did some search to find a church that was theologically compatible 
and uh, had a good reputation and we thought would be a good fit for them. We located a church in St. Petersburg, and uh, one of the first things that we did was orchestrated a vision trip to be able to go and see the work there. So a staff member from OMUSA uh, and uh, the leaders from that church went to St. Petersburg praying and anticipating what might come out of this, what good things could come as a result of that uh, meeting. They met the the pastor in uh, St. Petersburg. They shared vision, spent a few days there, uh, did a little bit of ministry, and then came back home. Uh, Then the amazing thing is that the church facilitated a visit for the pastor to come from St. Petersburg back to Atlanta. They met the leadership here uh, in the United States, uh, spent more time talking about vision and how they could work uh, together. The next year, the church from Atlanta went back to uh, St. Petersburg one more time. Um, And then they really studied the vision, uh, their desires, and as I've heard this morning uh, so many times, what, what... Uh, are they trying to accomplish that we could plug into? How can we serve uh, the uh, the host uh, community overseas? And uh, they discussed uh, different methods. And one of the things they talked about was a uh, an English camp for the for the youth. And they thought that might be a good place to plug in. So they ministered a little bit in St. Petersburg. Came back home. Once again, the uh, pastor came. This time. Um, they, they brought a couple of elders, and I forgot to mention that they brought a, a staff member from St. Petersburg each time to serve as a translator while he was here. And um, then they began to study uh, early this spring, how can we really minister together? Just a couple of weeks ago, that team went once again back to, to uh, St. Petersburg with a group of 11 people, and then they actually ministered in these uh, English uh, camps and were a part of the ministry, and um, they came back uh, just a couple of days ago, very uh, worn out and tired, but very uh, feeling very fulfilled. The pastor sent back word that this is the greatest uh, adventure they've been on as far as ministry and their evangelism and their outreach. Uh, it was a very successful thing. They had a lot of unbelievers that attended, and uh, it seems to be a win-win. Everybody is excited because the church here is cooperating with the church there, and we've been able to facilitate that uh, through our organization. Now, that's my hope uh, for the Kennings, is that we will not just pray for them today, bless them, send them out, and then forget about them, but we'll be proactive and take ownership of their time in the Czech Republic, and that we might visit them, uh, and I'm happy to take one of those trips, and I just want to let you know that I'm here uh, living locally or somewhat locally from Seattle, and I'm happy to to stay plugged in and involved so that you can uh, accomplish the visions that you have here for the church and that we might be able to see uh, a, a partnership, an international network that takes place. It's something bigger than just a mission organization or a church. So, so thank you very much for having me here. I appreciate it very much. God bless. Thank you so much, Mick. It's uh, 
we are really looking forward to uh, continuing our partnership and uh, just seeing where God takes that over the future. And, and really, that's, that's our dream and prayer as well, is that we'll have an opportunity to continue on in practical partnership with the Kennings in the years ahead. Well, Jared and Daniela, please come and join us up here. Uh, well, here come the girls right now. So come on up and join us. You know, I've, I've known Jared for about 10 years. Um, we've served and, and fellowshiped together closely over the years. And so just a delight to see them at this point. So Jared and Daniela. This is Hannah, who's four, and little Lydia, who's two. And uh, just a, a precious family. They provided lots of entertainment last hour. We're, we're off to a good start already. Um, by the way, Jared and Daniela were, were married in the Czech Republic about eight and a half years ago. So I think I've, I've known Daniela about eight, about eight years in total. Uh, Daniela is Czech herself. So it's been a, a joy to see. It's been a joy to see your, your growth in the Lord over the years, just to see the ways that God has guided you and prepared you and equipped you for this, this point today. It's an exciting point to be at. But it's been a process, hasn't it? God, God has been guiding you and changing you. Um, and they, uh, by the way, they're going to be leaving July 30th for additional training in Europe. And then they plan to be back in the Czech Republic by the end of September to start their ministry. Uh, so, Jared and Daniela, I have a couple questions for you. Uh, first of all, where in the world is the Czech Republic? And where in the Czech Republic are you going to be serving? Yeah, the, the Czech Republic is right in the heart of Europe, and it cuts into Germany and is below Poland. And if you go to the next slide, um, you see the city where we're at. It's Czeske Budjovice, and it is about uh, two, two and a half hours south of Prague. So that's where we'll be. And share with us a little bit what the spiritual climate is like in the Czech Republic as a, a post-communist country. Yeah, the spiritual climate is kind of like a hard soil. Um, over 70% of the population are self-proclaimed atheists, and um, that makes it one of the most atheistic countries in the world right now. Um, more people believe in UFOs than in God, believe it or not. Um, but there's also hope. In this scenario, I heard a statistic recently that over 70% of the population said if there is a God, they'd like to know who he is. So we feel like it's a tremendous opportunity to, to be taking the gospel there right now. We pray that'll happen. So, uh, yeah, what uh, now, given that, how do you hope to build God's kingdom in the Czech Republic? What's, uh, what are your thoughts? What do you think God's going to do? Yeah, well, um, we're going to be primarily be doing youth ministry over there uh, with the local church, and we want to take that group and link it to some of the evangelistic stuff that OM is doing as a team over there. But the core of our ministry, what we're going to be doing, is really kind of following Jesus' model and taking a select few uh, people and opening our home to them, investing our lives in them, serving with them, praying together, studying the Word, and just learning how to live out faith so that they can go on and do the same with other people. So uh, they'll be part, they'll, they will definitely be part of the ministry. I can promise you that. Kids really do open doors. Um, but uh, so, Daniela, you're Czech yourself. Jared, you have learned Czech, and you've lived in the Czech Republic. 
Do you expect this will be a fairly easy transition? What are you, what are you expecting? I think that in some ways it will be easier because we both speak the language. Uh, we also have a family there and friends. But um, I think it still will be difficult because of culture shock and reverse culture shock for me. And um, during the seven years here, we have changed quite a bit, and Czech Republic has changed. The moral standard there is very low, and I think it will be more difficult to raise children there than here because the culture there is not children's friendly as it is here. One more question. Um, how can we at Cole encourage and pray for you and support you over the coming months and on into the coming years? Yeah, um, I, I first w- just want to say that we have felt so supported this last year by the body as we've been preparing to go. And so many people have encouraged us, uh, prayed for us, supported us with their finances, spoken truth into our lives. And we want to say thank you. And we wish that every missionary who went out could feel supported as we do. That being said, I really want to encourage you all to continue to actively be a partner in our ministry. Um, we need you over there. It's not just us going over there like, like Brian's been talking about. Um, it's a team effort. So please, actively pray for us, stay connected with us, communicate with us, and just continue to be a part of our team. Let's, let's do that, shall we? And at this point, I'd like to invite any elders that are here to, to come on up on the platform. Also, any members of the missions committee. We're going to take a moment to, to pray for these guys and, and uh, officially send them out as coal missionaries. And so, Father, we, we do. We, we pray for Jared and Daniela and their girls. We ask that you would go before them, that you would open a door for them for effective ministry. Father, you have a work you want to continue doing in their lives, but you also want to use them as light in a very dark place. So, Father, would you magnify their their ministry for you? Would the name of Jesus be proclaimed loudly in the Czech Republic because of the work you're doing in and through them? Open a door of ministry for them, Lord, and bless them, protect them, go before them as they head out now. So we commission them in your name and to your glory, Lord Jesus. Amen.